Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed and on today's show we're going to be covering PSG's first half of the season. We're also going to talk a little World Cup action. Joining me today to help break it all down is a new guest that you haven't heard on these airwaves before. Ethan is the president of PSG fan club Boise. He's graciously agreed to come on the show. Ethan, welcome in. Thank you for coming on the show. How are things in the gem state? Hey, thanks, man. It's uh, it's pretty good here. It's, you know, starting to get cold, uh, probably just like it is where you're at. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy too far. Um, are we ready to talk a little PSG? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's do it indeed. So I'm not sure if this is mathematically the halfway point of the season, but let's just call it that because uh, yeah. it, it's what it feels like. Currently, PSG sit atop league on table um, with a comfortable lead over surprise second place Lons. And then um, they've yet to lose in league on and only have two draws to their name. They have the league's best offense, defense, and they lead in possession and passes. Over in the Champions League, PSG remain undefeated. But because they didn't embarrass uh, Maccabi Haifa, uh, they finished second behind Benfica, which I'm still a little salty about. And uh, now they'll have to face uh, Bayern Munich in February in the round of 16 of the Champions League. So, Ethan, looking back at PSG's first 21 games under new manager Christophe Gaultier, what has surprised you the most? Uh, Well, uh, you know, I thought Gaultier was a – I was really excited when we appointed him as manager. Uh, If if you look back onto my – my personal Twitter way back, uh, I did say it was pretty early in the Pochettino era, but I even said, man, I would I would like to have Galtier here. And uh, so I was hyped when when we got him. Uh, I did not think we would be undefeated at this point, you know, through 21 games. I figured, uh, you know, because we've been outplayed a couple games. I would say the, the Monaco game, we were outplayed, uh, you know, even though we beat Juventus uh, just a couple, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago. You could say, if you look at the stats, you could say that Juventus outplayed us in that game, and and Benfica potentially could have won uh, one of their one of the legs against us. But um, I didn't think we'd be undefeated. But if you had told me that we we basically went 17 wins and, and four draws is what I think it is, and not won our Champions League group, I would have been uh, I would have been pretty shocked. So that's that's a bit weird. Obviously, we were all watching and tuning in for that last. Uh, that last match as, as we're playing Juventus and Benfica are, they need four goals basically in the second half to win the group and they get the last three basically in the last 10 minutes. So that was pretty weird. Um, although I don't mind playing, playing Bayern. Um, I, I'm one of those guys that when, as soon as we finish runner up, I said, you know, give me city, give me Madrid, give me Bayern. Uh, I got to beat the best to be the best. So yeah, that's how I'd sum it up. I mean, that's true, but it would we probably would prefer to be playing Bruges, I think, uh, as Benfica are. They're taking on Bruges. So that would yeah. be nice, but yeah. Yeah, Bruges wouldn't have sucked. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think uh, I think it was, it was a week ago, uh, there was this, this post that kind of went viral where it was basically explaining uh, which teams get the toughest round of 16 draw uh, the, the last 10 years or so. And, 
and we were we were rated to have typically got the most difficult round of 16 draw so it's nothing that we are not used to yeah. Absolutely. We, we've been battle tested over the years. We've had our taste of defeat over the years. And I still I don't I love the Champions League. I've always said that, like, I think the way that they draw the teams is a little suspect. I think some of the rules like, oh, two English teams can't play each other, which then means teams like PSG get the short end of the stick because they've got to play one of the more difficult sides. So I just think the tournament, just by the way that it's been set up, is always stacked up against PSG. And then they get made fun of for not winning it. It's like, hey, it's already difficult and it's even more difficult for PSG. Yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely if you've if you're in a league that's lower down in the coefficient. Uh, like Liga is in fifth right now, then yeah, it definitely is tougher, which if you look at it, you know, people could argue, oh, you know, COVID year. But in 2020, when the semifinals were an all French and all German semifinal, statistically, uh, that should not happen. Uh, you know, so it was kind of incredible that that happened. And it's whenever, I mean, no, no Italian teams won it since 2010. But uh, when, even though Bayern beat us in that final two, two, three years ago, uh, it's pretty incredible that a team outside of England or Spain uh, was able to even win it, uh, just given the amount of money that that England and Spain has compared to. And yeah, like you said, uh, those teams lower down in, on, in leagues, lower in the coefficient, typically have to play uh, an English or a Spanish team, a real good one, real early on. So yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, and I think we can say, looking at it as a whole, there's been some ups, there's been some downs uh, in the first half. But overall, we got to be pretty happy where things stand. We're relatively healthy. We'll see what happens after the World Cup. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I would say, absolutely, under Gaultier, there's been a noticeable difference than under Pochettino. So Gaultier came in and immediately went to the three at the back. He tried to move some things around, and we've seen some success, but we've also seen uh, some downside to that where teams can maybe open us up a little bit more. We get forward a little bit too much. But overall, happy with Gaultier compared to Pochettino? For me, it's like night and day. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice when the football is actually watchable now. Uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, it's it's been yes. funky going three at the back, and then we had to switch to four just because of the injuries. Um, I, I I think it's funny how we were all pretty excited for um, for the three at the back, thinking, oh, you know, we'll be a lot more uh, attacking minded, and hopefully that'll help the midfield out. Uh, I'm no tactical expert, but I was I was excited for it. Although it's funny that since we've gone back to playing a, a four three three or a four two three one, or you know, it's pretty fluid. But however you want to call it. I almost feel like we've been playing better in that, and I'm not sure if that's because Gaultier is so used to playing four at the back, you know, when he's been at, at Nice and Saint-Étienne and, and Lille. Typically, he was playing a 4-2-2, so I feel like a, switching from that to a 4-3-3 uh, compared to three at the back is, is a little simpler. So, um, yeah, I agree. It's been it's been kind of a weird start to the season. Uh, I figured we'd be doing well, and I... I New Gaultier would I figured Gaultier would do real well but uh yeah the season has not gone kind of how I expected at the beginning kind of funky yeah and and I think we all like you said we all wanted to see that three at the back but we were kind of leaking in some goals and not as sturdy at the back as you would have liked I'm a little disappointed in Marquinhos I'll touch on him in a little bit because I'm going to ask you know about some of your maybe disappointing players in the team and he's certainly one that I think I expect a lot more at this point in his career but I think the four at the back definitely strengthens it a little bit more I think we have fullbacks that get forward a little bit too much 
And I just think, I don't know, Ramos, we know his age. How much longer can he keep doing this at this level? I just get really nervous about our defense. So I think the more guys we have sitting back and, and actually playing defense is probably the better uh, situation for PSG. Um, let me ask you about first half MB- MVP. Uh, you have Mbappe leading the league with 12 goals. You've got Messi leading an assist with 10. So would you go with one of those players or is there someone else in the squad that has been your most valuable player? Yeah, I think this this won't be a hot take here, but uh, Neymar's got to be MVP of the first half of the season. Uh, he's got, I know, I'm just, I think I'm just looking at that at league on stats, but he's got 20 goals and assists through what our first 14 games. Uh, you know, Messi is at 17 goals and assists, uh, Mbappe at 14. But yeah, Neymar is uh, has definitely turned it on. Um, he, I think, I'm not sure if it's. He's a little more maybe serious than before. Uh, maybe he's a little more tuned in, or maybe if Galtier is just using him better. But uh, he certainly has turned it on, and uh, I know us us PSG fans don't hate to see it. So he's got to be the guy for me, uh, first half of the season MVP. He he's just been outstanding. Uh, it's a good choice. I think you could certainly go with him, and I don't. I wouldn't argue with you. I'm only going to say Messi because we we've seen what the team looks like without him, and even he's the goat. Let's let's just say it. He's the he's the best. And when he's not in the in the team, it's noticeable how much the offense there that link up play. He's able to create, pick out a pass, and and he and, and Mbappe's been thriving. With Messi in there, so for me, I, I agree with you, Neymar, 100%. But uh, I think Messi was probably going to be my my first half MVP. It's hard to argue. Top assist, Neymar right behind with nine. Both of those players, I think, have outplayed Mbappe, and he probably doesn't like that. We're going to touch on some of the drama here in a bit at PSG, but those two players, Messi and Neymar, have just been playing out of their minds. And uh, can they continue it for the second half of the season? after a World Cup where you know they're both going to be giving their all. That's going to be the big question. So in terms of switching gears here, though, who has been the most disappointing PSG player in your mind? Ooh, uh, for me, that's tough between... Uh, Marquinhos has not been awful, I don't think. Uh, I, I, he's certainly been below what we expected, though. And uh, it's, you know, Sergio Ramos started off the season really well. I feel like the last month there... Uh, his form was was terrible, in my opinion. And, you know, they certainly both have the ability to to pick it up. But our center backs, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm no expert uh, as far as tactics or anything. And I certainly don't have a coaching license or anything. But I feel like our center backs just couldn't, uh, you know, balls in the box. They can't clear it. They're getting beat in the air way more than, I mean, we always know PSG is basically uh, if you're gonna just if you're a lesser team and you want to try and beat PSG, you either got to play the way that Monaco did, or you need to just spam crosses from from both of the wings because we're always susceptible to we've always been susceptible to crosses, and yeah I just feel like the, whoever's at center back you know and and Kempembe had some good games but even when Kempembe came in, uh, I just feel like whatever the pairing was for center backs, uh, it was always tough. I mean. There's no reason we should have allowed uh, three goals to uh, to Troyes uh, in October, and I feel like you know the league has been good, obviously, but we we didn't keep a clean sheet in any of our six Champions League group stage games, and if we want any chance of Bayern uh, to beat Bayern, 
obviously we're going to need to keep at least, we're going to need to keep a clean sheet or you know hold them to maybe one goal per game if if we really want a chance. So I've been pretty bummed out with the center backs. Um, what are what are you thinking? I, I think if you go most disappointing, you have to stick with that defense. Um, I've made no bones about it. I love Hakimi, um, but just hasn't been that world class elite. Uh, fullback that we all expect out of him. I expect more. He's got, um, just looking it up here, he's got three goals, three assists. I think he, if we're going to push him forward, he's got to be contributing a lot more than that. Um, Marquinhos, I think, will probably be at the top of my list. Again, he hasn't been bad, like you said, but we just expect so much from him. He's the captain. And it goes back, something happened against Real Madrid last year, and he just hasn't been the same since. I don't know if there's a nagging injury or what is going on with him, but he's certainly not that elite player. Maybe the World Cup will be like a little reset for him um, with Brazil. We'll see what happens there. Um, Juan Bernat had to come in due to the uh, injury to Nuno Mendes. He certainly isn't what he was before the knee injury, but I wouldn't say he's disappointing. Kind of he is what he is at this point in his career after a devastating injury like that. And uh, Nordi Mukiele came in uh, from Red uh, Leipzig, right, I believe. And uh, I, I had big expectations for him as well, even though I know he was going to be a bench player coming in. And he's had little blips here and there where he's performed well, but overall been disappointed with him. It could be maybe he's still getting acclimated to the squad and needs more playing time. But uh, certainly when he has come in and play, he, it's noticeable. He jumps out at you as a player who's struggling. So really any number of those players could be my dis- most disappointing. You have to stay on defense, like you said, um, but I, I would probably lean towards Marquinhos. So hopefully he's listening to this and this will get a fire under his butt and he starts playing a little bit better because uh, we, we need him. If we're going to win anything this season, we need the defense and he's the leader. So we need him out there. Um, we talked a, a little bit, Mukiele and some of the other newcomers. Is there a best newcomer this season that's really impressed you that – Wow, you're glad that PSG was able to bring him in. Who who jumped out at you as a newcomer this past summer? Uh, to me, it's it's a no-brainer. Got to be Vitinha. Uh, he is the if he keeps this up, uh, what he's been doing, then you know we've uh, for for probably the past I don't know it feels like the past six seven years uh, we've just been saying oh if we just if we just get a midfield if we just get another midfielder alongside uh, Marco then you know we've got a real we can make a run any year. And, you know, we, we tried a lot. We tried uh, Genie, you know, them last year didn't work. We've tried other guys in the past. And I feel like Vitinha so far has been uh, that guy that uh, we've we've always been looking for as far as a midfielder. Uh, he, Vitinha, I, I, as soon as we signed him for around 40 million this summer, I, I knew that was going to be, I knew that was going to be such a good signing. I mean, he won more. The, from the Portuguese league, he won more Portuguese uh, player of the month awards than any other player last year. And he was basically playing as a, a midfielder or attacking midfielder. That's typically an award that you see reserved for strikers. Uh, you know, I think Luis Diaz uh, won a couple before he had, had transferred, but yeah, Vitinha has been great so far. Um, obviously he hasn't been I don't think he's been as good as Verratti, but the thing is we don't need two guys. We don't need two Verratis to, to win the Champions League in the midfield. We need a Verratti and we need someone who plays complementary to him. And I think Vitinha's done great so far. Again, I agree with you. I think it, it has to be Vitinha. It worries me a little bit that he's kind of taken Verratti um, 
it just following his lead in terms of picking up silly yellow cards. Wasn't it like the first couple of games he had picked up due to yellow card accumulation or something? He was suspended. I, yeah, I think I think he got a yellow card suspension before Verratti this year, which I never thought that would be possible for anyone. But yes, he yeah. he somehow he did it. Yeah. I, so that makes me a little nervous, but he is by far right there. It's. Marco Verratti is 1A and Vitini is 1B. Those two guys out there, I don't think there's any question. In terms of our midfield, a little disappointed in uh, Ruiz and um, Carlos Soler. They Again, they've had their their moments, but I thought, because I wasn't really sold on Vitini at first, and I thought one of these other midfielders would come in and maybe take the job from him, but Vitini has played well and has kind of kept them on the bench. So I think competition is good, so I'm glad we brought those players in and they can push Vitinha. And I think it's going to be Verratti and Vitinha in the midfield moving forward. Hopefully they can keep it up. Um, but yeah, for me, definitely Vitinha. We haven't seen enough from the other players. They, they just haven't been able to break into the squad. He's really the only one who's been given the opportunity this season um, consistently. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you there. So um, it wouldn't be a PSG podcast if we didn't talk about some of the drama that went on in this first half of the season. If you remember, there was the penalty gate between Mbappe and Neymar, and then there are reports um, that Mbappe wants to leave the club as early as the January transfer window. So, Ethan, do you think that there is real animosity amongst the PSG superstars, Mbappe, Neymar, and uh, Messi, or do you think this is all manufactured noise by the media? You know, I, I always listen to the podcasts that, that you guys have done in the past, and um, I actually just went back and re-listened to uh, the one where you guys were discussing whether Mbappe actually wants out in, yeah. in January. And I went back and, yeah, re-listened to that this week. What stupid things did we say? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, you know, I wish I knew your guys' uh, names a bit more. I don't know um, everyone's name, but uh, I think... A couple of you guys were, I think you were saying something like that you, you think he might really leave or, or you wouldn't be surprised if he's gone next summer. And from my perspective, maybe I'm just being ignorant, uh, but or maybe it's just because I spend too much time on Twitter. But I, I don't think Mbappe is leaving. I don't think there's animosity. Uh, I certainly don't think that he and Neymar are best buddies. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that Mbappe is close to a lot of the French guys in the squad, as well as uh, Hakimi, and I, I don't see them being in the same uh, in the same friend group. You know, uh, if if you've ever played uh, football manager on on PC or anything, uh, I think I feel like they're in different social groups. Uh, if if anyone who plays football manager, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about there. But I I don't think they're best buds, but I don't think uh, there's this thing. I do think that Mbappe is maybe a little selfish in the way where yeah, he wants to take penalties. Uh, you know, I get the feeling he he doesn't hate the idea of padding his stats, but I I really think most of this has been just insanely overblown by the French media, uh, as well as Spanish media. I, I think there's some clapback from from the Madrid media for Mbappe snubbing them in uh, in May. But overall, I mean, we we know how the French media is. I think the French media would be more excited than anyone if France didn't win the World Cup here. And uh, that's so true. So it's just like, yeah, I I just get the feeling that people just kind of want to see see us see us fail. You know, we're uh, we've got a spotlight on us and I'm not saying we're we're ultra hated. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's just football. But um, yeah, I I, I really think so much of it is overblown. You know, it it came to a point where we were just talking about 
every Champions League match day, we were just wondering, hey, what kind of ridiculous headline is going to come out, you know, the day before this one? You know, let's let's see what they, uh, let's see what they keep uh, comes up with this time. So, yeah, I, I personally think it's kind of overblown. It's not even, you know, a day or so before. It's literally hours before, wasn't it before the Juventus match when the news about Mbappe wanting to leave broke? It's like hours. Um, uh, was it? Yeah. Was it that one? I can't remember. It was It was definitely head. a Champions League game and, and that yep. news broke. And, you know, we also had the news, speaking of the French media, where they're like, how dare they take a private plane? Why are they flying, you know, commercial? They should be sitting in coach and, oh. you know. <laughs> Getting the little bag of peanuts and everything. And it's like, uh-huh. Messi can't fly commercial, guys. Um, and I also think that Mbappe and Neymar, you're right. I don't think they're best buddies. And some of the things they do, they're just feeding into the, what the media wants. And they will take any little morsel, any kind of controversy and blow it up. And you know the clowns over in Madrid would love nothing more than to just print this on the front page and just – sell papers and get clicks and cause all kind of drama and force Mbappe to come out and say, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I never said that I wanted to leave, which I think is what he basically said. And ever since that moment, you've heard nothing. Um, it's been crazy. It wouldn't be a PSG season without some drama, but I think you're right. I I don't think at this point, I don't think Mbappe is leaving. Even if he wanted to, I don't think Nasser would sell at this point, unless someone came in with like an outrageous bid. But even then, I still can't imagine they would. So um, anyway, not to, it was drama-filled first uh, half of the season, but I think PSG pushed through it. We'll see what happens in the second half of the season. But, um, Ethan, anything else on the drama that you want to touch on? Um, no, I think we got it all. Um, you know, expect some pretty spicy headlines from uh, L'Equipe and, and from Marca uh, right before the Bayern match. Um, I, I bet right around... Right after the the Super Bowl, that's on the twelfth that Sunday. Expect oh, yeah. the next day, the the thirteenth. Uh, expect to see a nice spicy headline uh, about Mbappe. It'll probably be something about how he, uh, I don't know, how he's wearing a, a Madrid shirt underneath his his PSG kit. Or there'll there'll be something silly, I'm sure. But yeah, everyone look out for that one. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, he played as Liverpool in FIFA, who I think Liverpool are looking for a new owner. So maybe they want to make a big splash and come after Mbappe. Maybe that's what they'll, they'll kind of tie all those ankles together and come up with some stupid article. Uh, yeah. Last question on the first half of the season is, what are your expectations for the second half of the season? And we, I'm not going to ask, are they going to win the Champions League? But do you, do you expect PSG to beat... Bayern Munich, do you expect them to continue rolling through Ligue 1, or do you think this World Cup in the middle of the season is just going to completely disjoint the squad, and it's going to take a month to get up and running, and maybe we we crash out to Bayern? What do you think? What are you expecting? Um, well, you know, I would say, uh, God, it's so tough to predict, but if it does take us a month to kind of get back uh, into form, then no worries, because we don't have the most insanely difficult uh, league schedule. That first month back, uh, we've got we're going to have about six weeks since from December 28th. That's our next match. Uh, it's a Liga match. I think it's against Strasbourg or something like that. Well, uh, actually, we've got two friendly. So PSG will play on December 16th against Paris FC. So that'll be fun. And then um, versus a, a team. I, I don't. I'm not a French speaker, and I can't pronounce it. Quevely Rowan Metropoles, whatever yeah, that is. Yeah, Rouen, yeah, yeah. QRM. We we'll go with that. Yeah, it's QR. Yeah, that's that's typically what I say. My French is not that good. I've got, I'm more. I'm working on the accent, but uh, I don't want to try and say uh, Quevely, uh 
Uh, I'm just going to butcher it if I try it anymore. So it sounded yeah, better than, than my pronunciation. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, like I said, I've been working on it. I come from a uh, a French American family, so you know, got to. Uh, I, I took it upon myself to try and keep up the the heritage, so to say. So, um, but no, I think yeah, we do have those two friendlies. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually kind of random prediction here. I bet Paris FC is going to have a uh, a big old. I don't. I don't know where that match is being played. Is it being played at the park? Or is it says it at the at... Uh, Camp de Lodge, so that's the training facility. Oh, we're playing at our training yeah. facility? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, if they're playing over at Paris FC, that's in uh, South South Paris. But I, I bet their fans, if they're fans to that, I bet they'll turn up real well. So, um, But now, other than those friendlies, it might take us a month to get back. As long as we don't have any crippling injuries during the World Cup, uh, then I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, I said at the beginning of the season that I think we'll make the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And that was obviously, you know, before the group stage, before the round of 16 draw. Uh, I still don't think we're winning the Champions League this year, which is fine. Uh, I think, you know, I get that that is our primary goal. But this expectation, this this uh, this desire to win the Champions League, it's it's warranted. But I feel like from some people, it's almost too much of a uh, a focus to where, you know, we don't want to be trying to, um, I don't know, go all in. If any of you guys are NFL fans, the Rams went all in last year and won the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen very often. We can't be doing that every year. Uh, you know, I feel like that's the kind of move that inspired us to to sign Wijnaldum and, and Ramos last year, build a, a dream team. And I, it's just not sustainable for a, a sporting project like we've got, especially with all the young guys we've, we've got uh, that are riding pine. You know, there are dudes like like Garby, uh, Emery, and, you know, we've got uh, uh, Bichiabu on the bench. But um, I don't expect us to win the Champions League, but, uh, you know, you'll hear her hear it here first. I do think we're beating Bayern. Uh, I think we're going to um, probably just squeeze out of that game. And uh, I think we will especially, I think we'll do a lot better. I think we could honestly take care of business relatively simply. If we do something that I don't think we're going to do, I don't think Altier is going to want to do this, but if we sit back and play a shameless low block like Villarreal did against Bayern last year and just hit him on the counter, obviously we've got the dudes that can hit them on the counter. If we do that, I could see us coming out of that game pretty well. Obviously, Bayern has a great attack. I'm sure they'll score goals. But if we sit back in a low block uh, you know, Galtier is all too familiar with with doing that as he's been at, you know, Nice and sent at the end most of his career. But it wouldn't surprise me if we played real defensive, let them have 60, 65 percent of the ball. And then you see some of the scariest counterattacks you've ever seen with Verratti or Vatinha trying to launch balls into Neymar or Mbappe. So I think if we do that, I, I think we're going to beat them. Um, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, and we've beaten them before, and, and they've beaten us, so we certainly have recent history between the two sides. I think you're right. I, I definitely I like our chances. There's really no one at Bayern that I fear that I'm really worried about, whereas if I were a Bayern Munich fan, I'd be like, oh, God, i got to face Mbappe, and then Neymar's in the form of his life, and then you just, oh, Messi's over here too. Like, I would be worried. Uh, but also for Bayern, they know our defense can be gotten at. They know our midfield is 
could be better outside of variety. We never know. You know, maybe he only plays in one game because he's suspended for the next. We have no idea what's going to happen there. But I think this is a really good battle between two sides that are close in talent. But I think maybe we have the edge in talent just by a little bit. So that's why I think that we're going to be able to get through. It all really depends, like you said, injuries through the World Cup, who can get back into form uh, better. So um, looking at the fixtures, you know, we, we talked about the friendlies, but then you've got uh, January 1st, a road match uh, going to Lons. So second place in the league on really good team this season. So that's going to be good. And then um, I'm just kind of looking through here. When is the Bayern match? Yeah, the first one's going to be on uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th at the park. We get them at home first. So I think at that game, you know, just got to put it to them. We played Monaco right before that. So that'll be a good test. I like the way the schedule is setting up for PSG. So I'm with you. I think we get through. And then after that, it's a crapshoot. You don't know who you're going to play and who's healthy. It's difficult to predict. So I think we get through Bayern. I think we win Ligue 1. I think um, it's going to be a good second half of the season. So let's turn our attention now to the World Cup. That kicks off tomorrow. We're recording this on Saturday. So Qatar and Ecuador kick things off in the World Cup. A lot of PSG players are going to be representing their nations. Mbappe for France. Uh, You got Vitinha, Danilo, and Mendes for Portugal. Carlos Soler and Sarabia for Spain. Messi, of course, for Argentina. Neymar, Marquinhos for Brazil. Hakimi with Morocco. And I almost always forget this, but Keeler Navas with Costa Rica. I can't forget about him. So yeah. this is likely going to be the last World Cup for Messi. You have to believe that. And then um, it's also probably going to be the last one for Neymar in his prime. And not to mention the amount of quality that the Brazil team has coming through. I can't imagine in four years he's going to be a starter in that team with the talent they have coming through. So what do you expect from both of them uh, in this tournament? Well, I know that... Uh... For, for Argentina, everyone is going to be playing like it's the last day of their lives for Messi. Uh, we all know that, you know, uh, DePaul and Otamendi, those are dudes that are going to, uh, I'm sure they would sacrifice their careers to try and get Messi uh, just a chance to score in the final. So we know that Argentina will be going nuts. Uh, yeah, Brazil is, is probably the favorite for me. I just think overall they've got the most quality. I feel like under their manager, you know, um, what is it? Tite, is that he says, isn't it? Yeah, he's been there so long. Uh, it feels like uh, maybe he hasn't been as long as I think, but I feel like he's been there forever. He's been but, there, yeah, a long time. Yeah, and I feel like he just that squad is going to be dialed in. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if Brazil won it. Um, yeah, and about what you said uh, for, for Kaylor Navas, yeah, we kind of forget that one as he, he hasn't even played a single minute this year, but – um, when he's when he's between the posts for Costa Rica, uh, I could see them scrounging out some some zero zero draws or something like that. Uh, barring he's not super rusty, uh, you know he could be super out of form. Hopefully not, but uh, yeah, I always like seeing uh, Kaylor Navas do well, uh, unless he's playing the U.S. of course, like like he did in that last uh, World Cup qualifier. But um, yeah, Costa Rica yeah. always gives the U.S. trouble. And uh, just looking here. Uh, Keeler Navas is going to be in a group with Spain, Germany, and Japan. So you don't like their odds, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I'm with you. I like Brazil. They're, they're looking at their group G. I can't really see anyone there giving them a tough test. And then uh, over in Argentina, they've got Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. So I think both Neymar and Messi 
as long as things go the way we all expect, they're going to be in the, in the knockout stage, and we'll have to see what happens uh, from there. It's hard to predict. I think Neymar just given the form, both of them, Neymar and Messi, incredible form with PSG right now. You know they both want it. I think it would be fantastic if we could see them go head-to-head in the final. I think that would be amazing. Um, I, I, yeah, I think I can't think of any teams that are head and shoulders above either one of those. There was the news today that broke maybe a couple hours ago that Kareem Benzema for France is going to be out. Um, we know Kimpembe had to drop out in Cuckoo, former PSG player. Um, he's not with France, so I think France, for me, has fallen down a peg. Now, we'll have to see if Mbappe can lead them. He's certainly capable of it. He's in a group where he should get out with Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. Um, but I think Argentina and Brazil right now have to be up there as maybe the two top favorites, maybe England. I don't know. Is there another team that you think a lot of people like Belgium, but they're aging. Is there another team that you think can compete with the Brazil and Argentina right now? Yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, I think Spain might do okay. Uh, I know that a lot of people were criticizing their managers selections, you know, leaving out experienced guys like Ramos. And he originally didn't even select Balde until, uh, just a day or two ago uh, due to a couple injuries. But I could see Spain doing well, and, you know, maybe it's just me. I'm a bit of a, a homer, as I mentioned earlier. My uh, ancestry is is all traced back to France. So when the U.S. is not in a competition, I've always been rooting for France. And, yeah, the injuries are brutal. Uh, yeah, Benzema this morning, that one might hurt, although I believe Giroud will probably step in and do a decent job. Uh, as as uh, I feel like he and Mbappe have a, just a great partnership um, up front. But I think f- even with the injuries, I know people don't have a bunch of faith in Didier Deschamps, but I just think you can't ever count out France. Uh, they, uh, I don't know, it's tough to say. I feel like they can turn it on at any moment. I feel like they, when healthy, they might have the best young core of players in the entire world. Uh, probably next to Brazil. Their uh, under-18 squad could probably qualify for this tournament. Like, it's unbelievable it, the talent they have. probably could, yeah. Yeah, so I'm never going to count them out. I mean, that midfield, it's its the Real Madrid midfield with uh, Chouameni and, and Camavinga. I don't think Camavinga is uh, – I don't think he's starting. I well, He mm-hmm. was – I'm almost thinking right now, was he even selected? I, I think he was. But yeah, I yeah, yeah. expect him to start um, the, the – Deschamps picking two, two Marseille midfielders, though, Guendouzi and Vertu, was a bit weird. Uh, and I hope they, you know, Guendouzi might be a good fit, but I hope Vertu doesn't see a minute. I don't have faith in that guy for France. But, um, yeah, I mean, just they could always, you know, this is the World Cup is really just you have to get hot at the right moment. And I, I'm never going to put it past France to have a chance. <laughs> It wasn't uh, Deschamps, wasn't he a Marseille guy? So that might explain the the two picks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the two I mean, that's it. Yeah, I just think even despite that, how can you pick Veritut there? I don't know, weird. But every, everything else I, I kind of get, but that's just a weird pick for me. Um, yeah. They didn't take Dimitri Payet, did they? I don't think they did. He I certainly hope not. I can yeah, pull they, it up I, real quick. I don't think they did, but oh, if they did, then I think that guy is maybe a little too much of a homer, which is yeah. probably maybe that's why this will be his last uh, <laughs> World Cup, regardless. I'm sure Zidane will probably take over after this year, but 
He did take our old friend uh, Adrian Rabio. He's been playing pretty good this season. Uh, Yusef yeah. Fofana at Monaco will be there, which it leads me to my next question: Is uh, there's a lot uh, the league on Uber Eats Twitter account uh, tweeted out all the players in the league that are going to be at the World Cup, and there are a lot of players uh, from the league that are going to be there, which is great, and a lot of young guys that people haven't heard of, and I think you know they can make a name for themselves. So that's my question: Is there anyone in particular that you have your eye on as maybe making a name for himself that's really going to be able to stand out, whether it's a PSG player or, or someone else in the league? But um, who do you have your eye on from the league? Oh gosh, I honestly don't know too much of the rest of the league of of who's represented, but. Uh, I I think that uh, you know not that his stock could be any higher as he's playing for Real Madrid, but I think Chuameni is going to go off this World Cup, uh, and I wouldn't hate to see that as a uh, basically that I'm a French supporter outside the U.S. But um, I honestly don't know a lot of the list of the other guys, so I want to know who who do you, do you have a certain player in mind? I'd love to hear what you your thoughts. Yeah, Chuameni I think was great, and as much as I because I also like to root for France as my second team behind the U.S. Um, it would just bring a tear because he should be at PSG, but I know he wanted to be at Real Madrid, so whatever. I kind of have my eye on a guy that came in. He's going to replace Kimpembe, which is Axel Desasi from Monaco. He is a player that I think is a fantastic center back. He's doing great things there at, at Monaco. And, you know, he you could argue that he probably should have been chosen over Kimpembe to begin with. So he he comes in and he's a player that I just, I, I rate him so highly. I think he's fantastic. I would love this summer. Um, I think there's been some rumors that maybe Campos is, is looking at him. Maybe you could bring him in. I think that would be a brilliant signing. I I think that, that Monaco pipeline of the talent they have coming through, we mentioned, um, what is it? Uh, Chuamini, you know, came from Monaco. So I just think anytime you can go shopping at the the Monaco grocery store, you have to do it. And uh, Desasi is a fantastic player. So he he's definitely a guy that I would love to to see come in the PSG. I rate him very highly. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get with all the injuries. Maybe he gets in there and, and shows us a thing or two. So definitely got my eye on him. Um, looking through here, you know, Belgium, Jeremy Doku, I think he's a, a guy that could, um, do something just kind of looking through here. He, he plays at Stad Rene, a lot of young talent. Yeah. A lot of young talent that is coming through. Um, even with our U S team with, uh, Tim Weah, let me ask you about him. Do you, do you think he gets much playing time? I, I think he should. I think he's a really good goal scorer and P and not PSG. The U S team needs that. Um, what, what do you think of him with the U.S. team? And if you want to talk about USA for a minute, what, what your expectations for them are? Yeah, so ooh, about Way, it's tough to say. Uh, I think he may be the best choice uh, at, you know, uh, at the uh, – I know he plays both striker and, and right wing, I believe. I do think that Greg Berhalter is probably going to play Josh Sargent there. Wouldn't surprise me. He might even play uh, Ferreira which, um, gosh, I can't remember where he transferred, but he's an FC Dallas product, which they've probably got the best youth youth academy in uh, in the U.S. or the MLS. Is he um, still there? Is he still at Dallas? I'm almost certain he transferred to um, the Netherlands somewhere. Ah, uh, okay. I think he's transferred to Europe. I can't remember. Uh, I don't follow him super closely, but I don't expect him to – I don't expect Way to get a lot of playing time, but – I feel like he could do good. Um, but as far as the U.S. in general, if you'd asked me a month ago, do you think we're getting out of the group? I probably would have said no. If you ask me now, I think 
not that there's been a bunch of injuries to the other teams in our group, but we are coming out relatively unscathed. I was actually telling my buddies uh, this morning while we were watching college football games, uh, you know, they, they go to me as, as their as their soccer slash football guy. Um, and I was saying, I think uh, it's, you know, we've, we've had injuries to basically everyone. Like, I feel like McKenney and uh, Dest and Christian Pulisic, I feel like those dudes are have never been healthy at the same time. Uh, all at the same time in the past two, three years. And I feel like that's the case now. So as long as uh, Greg Berhalter can can manage tactically pretty well, then uh, I, I think we'll get out of the group. And I think we're going to be playing probably the Netherlands. They'll probably win Group A, especially that now that Senegal doesn't have Sadio Mane. But um, I think if we got to the Netherlands, you know, if we lose to them, I'd say that's, that's fair. I, I just, we need to get out of the group. And I do think we will now. Like I said, if you had asked me a month ago, I think I would have said no. But um, I think I think we do now. I just think we're a better team than Wales. Um, and I don't expect a lot from Iran. Although, you know, I think Asian and uh, Asian football is, is kind of thought down on by a lot of people. I yeah. feel like Iran will be better than we expect, but we should beat them. Um, they have plenty of supporters there, I think, as well. Oh yeah, like yeah. They're honestly, yeah, they're not too far from Qatar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we'll get out of the group. Um, but you know, my biggest concern is uh, Greg Berhalter's quote-unquote system that he uses. Although, if you look at any five matches across any time period, the U.S. men's national team plays with no system. They're basically, I feel like they just kind of move as the wind blows them. So, if we actually have a set tactic down, you know, if we're going to play a heavy Gagan press or something, or or if we're going to be trying to play through the middle, just I feel like they almost just need to pick something, just pick something and then work on it and train it and ingrain it in the philosophy of the team. Because I feel like right now there's no philosophy, but if we get a good system going and, and the, the play is fluid, then I'd expect us to get out of the group. I don't know. The group is going to be tough. I, for me, I like a lot of the some of the individual parts. And and by the way, um, Jesus Ferreira is still at FC Dallas. He did not transfer, signed a uh, designated player contract with FC Dallas, keeping him at the club until 2025, according to his Wikipedia page. So, um, and and that's sort of one issue I have. So you do have pieces like Pulisic who have been tested. They've been on the big stage before. I just think the U.S. team has too many players that they're going to rely upon who are just mls tested and i'm a, an mls fan i'm a season ticket holder to real salt lake i know that you're a lafc guy congratulations yes. on your championship oh, so yeah, we, we're so excited for that yeah <laughs> so yeah, this Kellen, is yeah go ahead oh i was gonna say kellen acosta is in the uh u.s squad and, and he plays for lafc he even scored a goal in the mls cup final um just uh watch for him on set pieces i think he's going to be there i don't think he'll start most games but uh yeah he's he's going to be the u.s's set piece guy but yeah, yeah, that was uh, I was pretty excited to see us lift the trophy two weeks ago. Still, uh, still pretty excited about that. But yeah, yeah. what were you gonna say? Well, and, and Gareth Bell scored a goal in that as well for Wales. So we'll see him in Group B. No, but I was saying that I kind of talking about our fandom uh, for MLS. So this is not to disparage the league, but I just think we have too many players that are in that league, and just to be honest, it's not at the level of some of these European leagues, and so. 
is this going to be a little bit of uh, culture shock where not culture shock, but just like sports shock? Like, oh, my God, these guys are a lot bigger and faster and talented than playing against some guys in Orlando, whatever their team name is. You know what I mean? Like, I just think the quality is so different. Do we have too many guys that aren't tested on that big stage? CONCACAF has gotten better. Canada won. You know, they're a fantastic team. Um but I just wonder if that's going to be, you know, going against a team like England, where you have a bunch of Premier League stars coming at you, is the difference in quality going to be too much for them? That's going to be a really interesting game. What are your expectations for that? Uh, for the well, for the England game, yeah, um, this is maybe a hot take, but I know Walker Zimmerman is in the MLS. He plays for Nashville. He's a former LAFC def- uh, yeah. defender. I think he's won MLS defender of the year like four years in a row or he's been in the team of the year four years in a row uh i'm not even joking i might take him over harry Maguire for england so um <laughs> that's true I, harry Maguire. there was a lot of controversy over oh, him yeah. being selected just because he is harry Maguire and has a oh. big transfer fee but when you look at it, he's not very good no he i feel like he is a mid-table premier league player uh at, at best not at best i mean i feel like he would do fine on a team like uh aston villa or um, my, uh, outside of France, my, my heritage comes from Southampton. So I'm a Southampton supporter uh, as well. And I, I watch their games and I feel like he'd be a great, great guy on one of those kind of teams. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I feel like England, yes, they have the talent. Um, but I almost feel like it's maybe England has a case of what we had PSG as a club last year. We have all these stars and we have all these big names, but there's no cohesive system. They don't play as a team. And I honestly, I, I still think England will probably beat us. They'll probably beat us like 3-1 three, three or 3-0 or something. But I don't expect England to do too much just because I feel like they've got the issue that PSG had last year. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have a lot of faith in Southgate if I was an England supporter. Uh, I do think they'll, they'll still beat us, but yeah. Did well don't. in the Euros, did well in the Euros, got to the final if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, they went to the final and then, and then, you know, uh, the, the goalkeeper goat Donnarumma stepped up and oh so, yeah that guy the PSG guy oh yeah oh that was <laughs> I, I was excited that was before he 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 had even played a game for us because uh, the signing I think was basically uh, you know everyone knew it's just they all yeah. they had to do everything but announce it and then right stepped up in that Euros final yeah that was cool but um, yeah I still think England will beat us but I don't have a, a bunch of faith for yeah. them I feel like they could be the disappointment of the tournament. <laughs> Let's turn it back to PSG for a second, because do you think that there's a problem that the French squad that, you know, Kempembe was selected but injured? But if you look at it just now, Mbappe is is the only representative from PSG on the French team. Do you think that bothers Mbappe? Do you think he would prefer more of his teammates on the national team joining him in Paris? And is that the players just not wanting to be there? Is that him not being able to convince them? Or is that Luis Campos and the leadership saying we want to look elsewhere. Do you, do you think it's a problem that uh, for Mbappe, do you think it, it bothers him? We talk about the clicks and all that. Does he want more of his friends, more French speakers in the PSU team? You know, I was actually thinking of that the, uh, the other day. And, um, you know, I think it is a good step that, um, you know, Galtier, we've got a French speaking uh, French head coach. Uh, I, I bet he probably would like a couple more PSG guys and, yeah, when I was looking at that that list, and once Kimpembe was omitted, it's it's just Mbappe. Most guys play in uh, the Bundesliga or or La Liga or just elsewhere. But 
Yeah, I was. It's it's a bit of a bummer. Um, I do think that Mbappe would probably like another friend or two, but I also think the guy understands what what Campos is doing. You know, he understands that PSG isn't. We're not going to be one of those clubs that, you know, as bad as some people want it, we're not going to have ninety percent French players. You know, even even back in our our first golden era in the the early and mid nineties. Uh, we had so many Brazilian players on those teams. So I think I don't hate the diversity that, that Campos and, and Galtier have at, at PSG. And um, I don't think it's going to be an issue personally. I think if Mbappe, I just can't see him having such an issue with it that it causes problems. You know what I mean? Yeah, hopefully he understands. I think he, he would like a few more of his friends, maybe. I mean, the the one player that I look at is Christopher Nkuku. I would do anything to have him back at PSG. I know he's just, you know, had a, an injury, but I just, I rate him so highly. I wish he didn't leave. I didn't understand why he left <laughs> because he was playing. He was doing well, and um, he's a player I would love to have back. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see. But I think... It's something to think about um, with Mbappe. Does he want more French-speaking players into the team that he maybe can feel closer with? Players, um, you know, like an Nkuku and, and some of the others in the team. So we'll have to see. But um, it's up to Campos. He's a great identifier of talent, and I don't think he cares what language they speak or where they come from. If they can do a job, he's going to bring them in. So, um, yeah. yeah, well, I, we're coming up on time, Ethan. So I want to get um, two more questions for you. So looking at the group stage, of the world cup give me a surprise whether it's a big team not going through or a team like qatar maybe making it out of the group do you see any surprises when you look at all the groups uh yeah i actually filled out my world cup bracket uh or i think yesterday and um you know i'm having trouble finding it right now as you're saying that but uh without looking at the groups off the top of my head uh qatar should the only way qatar is going to make it to the knockout rounds is if all those bribery rumors that we heard yesterday are actually real. <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't expect it, no. I, I think they've got a decent team, uh, Qatar. But no, as far as big upsets, um, I think Serbia might do really well. I just feel like, you know, they don't, I feel like they don't have any, they've got a couple a couple good guys, I believe, that play in Serie A. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if Serbia made a run. I just feel like, they're a bit poised for it. Although, to be honest, I don't have uh, mounds of evidence to back that up. Kind of just a gut feeling. Uh, I don't think Mexico will do well. They're too old. I think they almost need to do a rehaul or, you know, reshuffle the team like the U.S. had to in 2018. Um, as far as that, let's see. Uh, you know, I isn't, I can't remember. If, if Alfonso Davies is playing for Canada... Uh, mm-hmm. They typically play him as a winger or a forward. Yeah. I think he might have been hurt. I can't remember, but I think people are sleeping on Canada, and I know they're technically our rivals, but I would love to see them do well. I think that group is winnable. I think they're in the same group as as uh, Belgium and can't remember who else, but I could see them going through, and, and they could make a run too. Yeah, just looking at the news, it looks like Davies may not play against Belgium. Um, would be a huge game. It doesn't look like he's going to be healthy enough for that one. Maybe he can come back and on the back end of the group stage and help out. A lot of people, I think um, Canada maybe is everyone's has a soft spot for them because you don't normally see them in these tournaments. So that's certainly a team to keep an eye on. I think for me, if I'm seeing a surprise, just looking at everything here, 
You know, I I think in in that group F, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Morocco gets through. This might be my love of Hakimi coming through, but I think they've got a really good team there, and I think that they can get it done. I think it's gonna be Belgium and Morocco getting through. Um, that's gonna be my surprise. So keep an eye on Morocco. Um, I think if there's a big team that's gonna go down. I don't like what I'm seeing out of Portugal with uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. and I was just going to say that. that was I, I don't think they're going through. I think Ghana isn't maybe what we've seen in the past, but I could see Uruguay and um, Korea Republic there, South Korea, go, going through. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, actually, that was going to be my next point, so kind of read my mind there. I don't think Portugal's getting out of their group. Uh, I think if they're really going to – and this is no disrespect to Ronaldo. I like him. It's just – he is not, you know, the World Cup, you want to be playing guys that are in form. He should not probably be starting for Portugal right now, and that's not a knock to him. That's, well, okay, it is a little bit of a knock. But, like, they've got other guys that have been doing doing really well this season. They've got a lot of guys in the Premier League and La Liga that have been lighting it up that they selected. In that group, uh, Group H, I've got Uruguay topping it, and then... I think the Ghana-South Korea game is is going to decide who gets out of that. Uh wouldn't surprise me if South Korea got out of it. Like I said earlier, I think Asian football has kind of slept on. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. And um, also, for some reason, I always like uh, Switzerland. So that's in Group G. I could see them going through with uh, Brazil. I know you like Serbia as your gut feeling. Cameroon, it always surprised, but I really like Switzerland. They've got uh, Briel Mbolo from Monaco. He's another really good player. Keep an eye on him. So, um, yeah, those are a couple of our surprises. So, last, I got two more questions. Second to the last one is, who wins it all? Is it Brazil? Yeah, I'm probably going Brazil. I don't remember exactly who they're going to play at each point of the bracket as they, you know, depending on who places where. But I think Brazil is going to win it. I think if I had to pick a team out of Europe to do it, um, I think just Germany's always, I think they've had a couple injuries. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the unluckiest international man in the world, Marco Royce, is missing <laughs> another international tournament for, tournament for Germany. But I feel like it Germany is just always consistent. And, uh, you know, one player I, I didn't mention when we were talking our Bayern match is mm-hmm. uh, I, I think Thomas Mueller is hilarious. I think he's <laughs> so funny. And I think he's also extremely underrated. If that guy was in the Premier League or La Liga, I think he would be getting goat shouts from people. So I could definitely see Mueller uh, carrying that. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, I just, I feel like you can't sleep on that guy. And he's also just so funny. I know some people think he's unlikable, but uh, I like his demeanor. I think uh, that's kind of how I might be if I was a professional footballer. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, he's a good guy. So um, but hopefully we take him out of the Champions League. But yeah, he, he does have his moments. Um I think for me, someone, my buddy was, was telling me that Brazil, whenever there's a World Cup not in Europe, Brazil has won the World Cup 50% of the time. So I really like those odds. So I think I'm leaning towards Brazil. But typically when there's like all that expectation, people think you're going to win, then it doesn't happen. And I'm going to go ahead and pick Argentina to win. Like you said, I think there's guys that are going to be like, dying on the pitch to get Messi to the final and let him yeah. win. And I just think that's going to be the, that they have that motivation factor. So I'm going to go with Argentina. It's not just Messi. I mean, they have a really, really good squad. So um, I'm going to go with them as my favorite. Okay. Last question, Ethan. Will Qatar sell PSG after the world cup? 
no, I don't you, think so. Okay. So, I, I know they're probably the, the best owners we've had uh, since the club was publicly owned in the 80s. Uh, but I, I don't see them selling it, although I wouldn't hate if they sold it, but maybe that's just me thinking uh, I'm sick of us getting slandered on social media for our owners, as, as if we can even choose who our owners are. But no, I, I don't think they'll sell PSG. Um, I think, yeah, they obviously probably bought PSG in you know in anticipation for that World Cup that they were awarded 10, 12 years ago, but... I think they'll hold on to it. I think PSG is their, uh, you know, that's their, they're, they're getting their foot in the door to the global stage. Obviously, this World Cup is is massive, but I feel like for them to stay uh, culturally, uh, you know, and, and relevant in a way, I think they'll hang on to, uh, to PSG. I don't expect them to try and sell the club and buy Liverpool in the next two months. I just think that's probably a bit too much to ask. Like, there's so much legal stuff you got to go through for that. And, yeah. 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 And we saw how hard it was for the Saudis to buy was it Newcastle. So yeah. um I think along those lines, I'm kinda of with you. Not only do I think they won't sell PSG just because they've been there for more than a decade now and they've the players that they brought in, the success that they've had, I think they'll buy another team. I think what's missing from PSG is they don't have that sort of like feeder team that like a Manchester City has. So do they buy an MLS team? Do they buy a, a League Two team? Do they go and buy a championship a championship team in um, in England? I, I think they double down and I think they buy another team somewhere, a lower level team that they can send some of these youngsters to play, so they stop losing them to like Germany and other leagues. And um, I know there's been some rumors of that, right, where in in France that they were going to buy a team, and I don't think it's happened yet. So I think they double down. I think they buy another team. Yeah, I think that's a good. I haven't heard anything about them buying another club in France, but um, don't they have partial ownership of SC Braga in Portugal now? I believe they do. Uh, but yeah, I can yeah, look it, that up real quick. It definitely wouldn't hurt for them to build a city football group kind of a thing that that Man City has, where they've basically got a football club or two on every continent, obviously barring Antarctica. Um, I know they've got Melbourne City. I, I think they've even got a, a Japanese or a Korean team. They've got a couple couple clubs in Europe. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad uh, a bad move for them at all. You, and you're right. The um, QSI has got a minority stake in Braga, so they're yeah. they're they're dipping their toes. Um, you know, Manchester City. They've got NYCFC here in the MLS. Maybe they come over here and and get a team in the U.S. And I don't know. If, are there any MLS teams currently for sale? Not not that I know of. No. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe they'll come in and buy the Washington Commanders or, or the Seattle oh Seahawks. Maybe they'll get into the uh, NFL and cause chaos. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, Ethan, I think we're coming up on time. I've kept you here long enough. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You were fantastic. Let everyone know how they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, PSG underscore Boise. Boise, there you go. All right. And you can always find me at PSG Talk on Twitter. Visit PSGTalk.com. Our writers are cranking out the articles as we speak. They're covering the World Cup and all of PSG players there representing their nation. So good stuff over there. Check that out. And I don't know, maybe mid-tournament, maybe after the group stage, we'll uh, we'll do another pod or something. We'll try to get back on um, a normal schedule with these podcasts. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>